Hi, I'm Larry Hankin, and this is Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. Hey there. Hey now. I, I, I've been around Jeffrey Tambor the last three weeks, so I'm into the hey now, um, the Hank from the Larry Sanders show. But actually, I'm Vicki Abelson, and uh, this is The Road Taken. And please help me welcome, say hello. We're not welcoming. We're saying hello to Louise Palanker. Thank you for saying hello and welcoming me. I appreciate both gestures. <laughs> it's, it's my pleasure to do so. Mm-hmm. And please help me to say hello. Don't help me. You don't need to help me. Just please say hello to our producer, Brant Thoman. Brant Thoman, put your hands together Brand and let Thoman. Him know. And also our associate producer, Jake Belcher. Jake is currently See, eating a sucker. Well, you know, wow, that is what he said. No. But you know, ah. I, I don't know. I don't know, Jake. What is your actual title? I've I've assigned you associate producer. I don't know if that's your actual title. Uh, just kind of guy who hangs around. Guys, who, guy who hangs around. I like it. Um, and Jake's not wearing his his bandana today. But um, but I've decided that this shirt, like, does this shirt make me look bad? This shirt makes me look like a plus size model for the Lane Bryant oh catalog. Oh my gosh! Please. So stop. Um, what do you see stop. the picture of me and Larry Hankin? Hmm. Stop. But anyway, yeah. I'm uh, all right. So, so this has been a very interesting week for me. Okay. I, I, um, I just was kissing the microphone. It, it's been lonely. I'm lonely. Um, I had needles this big put into my back. Mm-hmm. I had epidural shots done, and I had to get put to sleep. Do we have a new baby? No, we do not. Oh. Um, we do not. Hopefully, I will not have a backache anymore. It's from my car accident. Oh, yes. But it was kind of nasty. We had to leave at 4.30 a.m. and go to Beverly Hills, and then they give me, they put me to sleep for seven minutes and then woke me up but then it gave me a good excuse to stay in bed all day and i watched ozark and i have to tell you if you have not seen this new netflix series ozark oh my god jason bateman laura linney fantastic my friend jason harner's in it too fantastic series but anyway so it gave me an excuse to i have a really hard time not working Mm -hmm. all the time not to just chill Mm -hmm. and i've been told many times i need to take downtime and a day off and i really don't do it but i really did take that day off and it was really good for me and i also slept like eight hours the next day which was amazing and how does your back Uh, feel my back feels not so wonderful still but it can take eight to ten days till it kicks in okay so there's still hope Mm -hmm. um which is good but my cousin jeffrey got into the same kind of accident yesterday and his car's all toast and his back is fucked up and you know, people, when you drive, you're really not supposed to be texting when you drive. I mean, I have a Siri activation, and I still shouldn't be doing that. Somebody was telling me that, um, Jeremy, my life coach, was telling me yesterday that they have found that people are 70% impaired when oh, they yeah. are talking on the phone, even without using their hands. Right. So that eventually they probably are going to stop us from doing that. Because Yeah, if you eventually get into an accident, that's karma. Well, you, you know get it? It's wordplay. Well, car, ma, yeah, ah. yeah. All right, we okay, so you've been on. hanging out with the kids too long. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
also this week I'm I'm readying for my daughter for Samantha to to, to I'm readying to take her back to college mm. and she's a sophomore and I got to tell you I have been in mourning and this is horrible because I still have her here and then we're going to spend nine days together in New York which is like heaven you know mm-hmm. you see my mom we're going to go to the theater we're going to eat great food we're going to see family friends it's going to be wonderful I love New York mm-hmm. but I'm so sad because this might be the last time she ever lives with me. Um, Don't project. I know, but she really doesn't want to come back next summer. She wants to stay in New York. So I don't know that it's going to happen, but even just the thought of losing, you know, missing her for four months, Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, you know, to love your kids. That My mother used to cheer. My mother used to stand on the table with pom-poms when I left to go to college. But but it's not that way with me and Samantha. So that's um, the blessing. That's the blessing. It is a blessing, and and there are lots of blessings. So I'm trying to stay focused on the blessings. So one of the things that really um, cheered me up today was I was going through old photos to find uh, one of our guests because I knew that Larry Hankin had done Women Who Write Mm -hmm. um, years ago. And when I found the picture, it turns out that you were on the bill with Larry that day. No, that was a photo bomb. (laughs) I was just running by. It, but I mean, what are the odds? I mean, because you only have done Women Who Write as a guest once. As 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 a person reading. To, see, well, you, should, you should explain what it's a room full of women listening. Hey, oh, we only have two minutes. We two don't minutes, have time to and explain it. I was at the podium uh, doing your thing. So learning how to pronounce podium. Yes, wet, I was wet, at uh, it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry to rush you, but we only have two minutes. Go, go. Now I have to talk about Larry. Oh yeah. So so Larry did Women Who Write that day, mm-hmm. and you know Larry is a very uh, not not everybody knows Larry's name, but I would sw- I would bet I would I would wager that pretty much everybody knows his face, very recognizable, knows his, his stature, mm-hmm. and would recognize his voice mm-hmm. because Larry has been in show business for fifty years. It's crazy. First of all, he's not even fifty, so I don't know how he did that. But I mean, he's his career has been incredibly varied. From being one of the co-stars of Clint Eastwood's Escape from Alcatraz, one of the best movies ever made, heavy drama. Um, to uh, being Bizarro Kramer on Seinfeld, to being Mr. Henkel on Friends, to being uh, um, Old Joe on Breaking Bad recently. And he's been, you know, all she, he's worked all through the years. His IMDb is almost as tall as Larry. I mean, it's real. he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so to be able to have that kind of longevity is something that I really respect because he didn't, he didn't become a household name, and yet he's managed to work all through his life. Although there's an interesting caveat to his career, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to tell you about it in advance. We're going to talk about it on the air. But I'm I'm really I'm um, I'm really um, I'm very interested in Larry's story. How does how do we do that? Because I don't need to be a celebrity, but I'd like to work. Right. I, I I would like to to yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty fantastic. And the fact that he is so um, uh, um, versatile, that he can do high comedy, low comedy, intense drama, you know, a doc, you know what is it called when, when you do? And plus, he, he's also a writer. Mm. He's also created his own character, Emmett. He's also now a filmmaker. So he's, he's really, um, we're going to have a great time with him. So Good. come on back. And when you do, we'll be here with Larry Hankin. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello, 
<laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and My Fucking Mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Jason Stewart here for Zinna TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason, he's absolutely gay, he'll absolutely brighten Hello and welcome back with Larry Hankin. Hi, Larry. Wait, you need your microphone. Oh, Larry, Let's give you Larry need his microphone. Larry, yeah, and you have to. Like, I, we have to show what Larry a weird that program. That, that the you have to get. You don't to, want Brant to hold up the sign, and he will do it. Yeah. So, so anyway, so somebody just posted on Facebook Live, uh, "Hello to you," and he said, "What does he say?" He said that he uh, was happy to work on the Dixie Mafia with you, Robert Craighead. I remember the name, but Dick, the Dixie Mafia? That's what it says. I don't remember that. Oh, he's Dixie proud Mafia. to be part of the Dixie Mafia. Is there like a group considered the Dixie Mafia? There are things in my life that I have no <laughs> idea I did or partook of. Okay, or... all right. So speaking of that, before we get to your career, which, you know, uh, I also read that I did not know, I don't think I knew, that you were actually Larry David's pick for Kramer. Oh, yeah. So, so tell us about this. As 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 Bizarro Kramer is probably something that you're known for as much as anything. What 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 what? Ha how did Larry lose that that fight? I mean, it was Larry's show. How did Larry lose that fight? Well, I I, I don't know the workings back uh, behind him to do that. But uh, they were looking for a guy named Kramer, and Larry David uh, knew the real Kramer, right? And he also knew my work, and he said, and I've met the real Kramer, we do look alike. You do look more, alike, I know. More than uh, Michael, Michael, Richards. Michael Richards, because uh, the other Kramer is like a, is a hippie guy, like, like I'm a hippie guy. Right. So that was the choice. Um, 
And I, I auditioned, but the weird thing is they auditioned people who, uh, short people, bald people, <laughs> weird people, n many people, I think me and Richard, uh, Michael were the only two people who looked anything uh -huh. like the real Kramer. Uh -huh. And I, I kept on wondering about that because I knew what Michael Richard looked like and I thought these people don't look anything. Anyway, so I should get it, but I had to audition five times. I don't know five times. why. Yeah, they just kept on calling me back, and there was always a strange guy. I didn't know Larry David at all. I didn't know uh -huh. what he looked like. So there was always four people in the room, uh, and all, and the same five different looking people. Uh, you know, and I think I should get it by now. <laughs> I, you know, uh, but uh, it was always um, uh, Seinfeld was in the room, and uh, a, a guy who obviously was a director, and a guy who was obviously a producer. Mm -hmm. And then there was um, one other actor and this strange guy uh, who kept on telling me to come in the door again, you know, like, <laughs> like Kramer. Right. Now, th the weird thing is that when you go out the door to come in, you're out in, in the lobby where there's everybody waiting to go in next. Oh. And, and there's a secretary. Uh -huh. And they just saw me coming in, you know, and then go in and then there would be... <laughs> Silence, and then I would come out, and I would. Did go they in already again. have you like, uh, like, like s coming in, like slamming into the door, and st like doing well, stuff he, like that? Well, he just said come into the door like Kramer. Come okay. in so, funny, you know, and yeah, I, come I in knew funny. what that was, mm -hmm. so I came in funny. But uh, it was only the one guy who kept on saying that. Everybody else, you know, was satisfied, and so I went out. And the and the last time I went out, this was on the fifth time I auditioned. Uh huh. So and this guy was always there, and he was always telling me to come in the door. So I said to the secretary out in the out in the hall in the lobby i said who the fuck is that guy <laughs> who keeps like, telling me to come in come with glasses and he said oh that's larry david he owns the show i go oh because i was going to hit him the next time. <laughs> hit him with the God, door <laughs> i asked no because you know five times hey man i I'm got larry some pride <laughs> you know what the hell make up your mind i'm already and in I the room <laughs> but it, it it was to no avail because i did the show and that was really cool and i liked it and they liked me. So Larry David, many months later, or years later, uh, called me in to do his, his other show, you know. Um, Curb. 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 Uh, and in that, you don't even want to audition. You just got a sheet, a sheet, a little piece of paper, kind of like this, you know, just, just a little piece of paper like this. And yeah. on it is written your action, you know. Really? Block, block uh, Larry from getting off the elevator. Th that was the part. <laughs> wow. Blocking Larry to come up the elevator. <laughs> so he just got, he was there for the, this, this audition. And he was there. Uh, we just standing in a room. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, you just, I'm coming off an elevator. So, you know, that, that game. Right. Yeah. So he said, you know, we're going to play that game. Yeah, so don't, you know, but you're a big guy and I'm, I'm a skinny guy, he said. So I said, okay, fine. So I wouldn't let him off the elevator. And he got really pissed. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's enough. Okay. All right, next. And, and, he, and uh, they said, all right, thank you very much. Everybody was like all of a sudden nervous. And they said, all right, thank you very much. You know, and I left. Huh? I went outside. And, um, oh, Goldberg, uh, who, who's that? Uh, his, his guy who played the manager. Oh, uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland. Uh -huh. He came running out and he said, what did you do? What did you do? Oh. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He said, you, you, you wouldn't let him off the elevator. I said, but that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah but you were mean. And he got <laughs> a, a, angry and, and what, oh, you blew it. You blew it. And I go, okay, so I blew it. You, you know? were too good. And, and that's it. So, so there's the yin and the yang. 
That's okay. All. Well, that is a the really yin and the yin. that is a really and that bizarre story. It um, is. but 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 that is in total keeping with everything I've ever heard about Larry David. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when I <laughs> met him, well, I was in I was in his presence twice, oh, yeah. and I wanted to invite him to come to do Women Who Write because everyone standing around him had done it. You know, Larry, Larry Miller and all these oh, other wow. people, and um and 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 Alan Zweibel. And anyway, Larry was there, and he gave me a look like, "Don't you come near me, you!" Like right. he he intimidated the fuck out of me, and just with a look. I was like, okay, uh, you know, and I don't intimidate you. He carries a grudge. I got to say it. I mean, the guy's a genius and he's really funny. I love him. But he carries a grudge because. Really? Well, because that audition where I wouldn't want him off the elevator. Right. uh, Was uh, in the first year, in the first couple of shows. So. In the in the entire rest <laughs> oh, you of the never run, got called. Oh. I never got called back again. Oh. If I ever see that guy on an elevator, no, he's not getting off. <laughs> there you go. But exactly. but he no, did. Okay. But he did have you after you didn't get Kramer. He did have you come back and do Bizarro Kramer, which was great, right? Oh oh uh, well, I, I got after the fifth audition uh, <laughs> where I came in and I said, "Who is that guy?" Because I'm going to punch him. She said, "No, he's the owner of the show." So I went in. I was very nice, and mm-hmm. then. Luckily, instead of a sixth show, I got, the, I got hired. Right. Know, so that was really, really cool. But I, I got to say one great thing about Larry, which is the overriding thing, that part that I did of the guy who imitated Craig Tom was mm-hmm. his name, the character. He actually did um, direct me mm-hmm. because he came up to me and he said, uh, we, we were, you know, during rehearsal, he didn't say anything, but then when we shot it, the first take, he uh, came up to me and he goes, uh, <laughs> he comes up to me and he goes, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, you're trying to do nothing. <laughs> and I went, yeah. That's like, I thought that was really cool. I go, <laughs> yeah. He says, well, you're doing something. And he walked away. Wow, and he's so mysterious. Cool. Is that no? That that's that's oh, that directed. was a good note. He, oh, bam! He went right okay. to it. He didn't tell me how. You know, you you should. He just said, "I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do nothing. You're doing something." So wow. he and he and he. So what did you do? So what did you do with that? Well, so he said, "Okay," and he walks away. And there's another director who actually directs the show. Right. Larry just stands off to the side. So uh-huh. then we did take two, and um. I was waiting for something. He said, oh, you know, okay, take two, okay, cut. And as they were about to maybe move on or something, I saw out of the corner of my eye, Larry David started coming towards me. But he didn't stop. And as he just brushed by me, he said, you're still doing something. He's a ninja. <laughs> I walked away. I thought, this guy is incredible. Wow. wow. director. So I... You, you know, pulled he, it back even goes, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he really did get me where I wanted to go, mm-hmm. not where he wanted me to go. Wow. That's that's directing. That's, that's, that's pretty that's wonderful. Really yeah, because you know, like uh, John Huston said, eighty percent of casting is the is the part. It's only twenty percent is acting. In other words, you got to hmm. the director's got to know what right what the guy can do and what he looks like and what he's looking for. And right, so Espe- with film really especially, cool. yeah. So okay, so. So we're going to talk about how you became an actor, but but let's just talk about Friends for a minute. So how did that? I mean that that's a, an iconic role that you had. I mean when I showed my daughter your picture, she goes, "Mr. Hagel," you know, she got like all excited, and then she recited your wor- your your lines like <laughs> like verbatim to me. So um, what was that experience like being on Friends? Okay, can I just 
Okay, keep that question in yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. It's got a related thing to it. Okay. About being recognized. Oh, that's the... Okay, the first time that that ever happened, which is a, it's a really a, a high, I guess, for, uh, yeah. for me, the recognition fact, but this was so special. I did, um, I did uh, Annie, the movie Annie, directed by John Houston. Oh, wow. That yeah. was a really a cool experience. My daughter just but played But years later, uh, when I went over to a friend's house who has a little daughter, she was maybe three or four possibly five but that that young little cute little girl uh i went over to the house and i didn't know that they put out a book of annie from the mo- with pictures from the movie mm-hmm. so it was a story of annie but the pictures of the movie and uh i came in and she went nuts <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, the dog catcher the dog catcher you, you fangirled which is the <laughs> part that I played? That's I played so the dog catcher so Annie, and she said he's the dog. And I and I said, what's what's going? On? I didn't relate it because it was years past. Uh huh. So I, I what, what is she? She says well, she's got the book of Annie, and your picture is in it as a dog catcher, and she recognized you. <laughs> that's cool. That is five that's years old. very yes. cool. It kept me high for like two weeks. Okay, and so I'm I'm imagining okay, so now, I'm imagining that you're most recognized. Well, maybe yeah. as Kramer, but uh, but as friend in from Mr. Uh, friends and right? yeah, and Kramer, and then uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, no, uh, not so much. Uh, Adam Sandler's. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, not uh, Happy Gilmore. The other yeah. one. That Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that those are the big three, and now coming up there is uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Bad. Hell yeah. And, uh, but you know this, you know, because now in television you're on all the time. Hell yeah. So people come up to me and say, "Hey, I saw you last night," and I go, "Really? <laughs> what?" And they go, uh, "Annie." I, go, I did that like twenty years ago, wherever it was. <laughs> So there's no time. Well, but shift. also Friends is like on Netflix. So like my daughter watched the entire, all the seasons. I, I guess, I guess you it's, know one is if you're an actor nowadays, you're never you're never, you're never not on the air. That's right. Mm-hmm. Never, yeah. So right. so was that a fun experience for you playing that character, being on that set, being in that cast? Wh- which which Friends? Uh, friends. Oh, that okay? Yeah. So I that, that that's um, w- we got one minute. And it's, okay. a, a, it's well, longer we, than we, one minute. Uh, it's a longer than one minute story. One minute. Okay, so we'll, we'll wait for the friend story. But when we come back, I also want to talk to you about how this road began for you, how, how you, w- the decision that you made to become an actor. And also there were a couple of bumps in the road, a couple of big bumps. So oh, yeah. um, so we're going to talk about, uh, well, one I know about how one I big bump. Started. Yeah, how you got started and the bump. And we're going to talk about friends. And we're, we're going to get it all. And then, My parents didn't approve. And, i got to say that. Well, we, wanted to, we, we definitely want to hear about that. And then we also want to know, the, the last segment, what we're going to want to talk about is your tools and, and, and what, what. I use a hammer. <laughs> you know, I've, for a year I've waited for somebody to, to, to say a literal tool. You're the first one to do it. Thank you very much. If I had a hammer, a little, <laughs> a little hammer. Okay, so we'll be right back with Larry Hankin. I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! 
she just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out in, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? So we're back, and I've been asked to read this exactly as it's written. This is a hostage video. The, this is a hostage video. These are not my words. I am reading them off a paper, which was <laughs> provided to me by Jake Belcher. <laughs> Trump is saving America, and all Americans should pray for his continued success. It's a position held by Grand Theft Audio, their devilishly handsome Jake Belcher. How are we supposed to believe that Bolstered part? Bolstered by the razor-sharp wit of Brant Thelman. Grand Theft Audio airs live on Zina TV Wednesdays at 5 p.m. If any of you tune in after that, well, <laughs> so we don't know which no. parts to believe. Okay, so, no, because that's tongue-in-cheek. That's my tongue is in my cheek, I hope. Um, I haven't said his name, not in vain, not for real, since... November. But anyway, okay, but what I do want to talk about, what I what I am happy to talk about is the ultimate um the ultimate rock jam which takes which bleh, which takes place the ultimate the ultimate jam night. It's called Ultimate Jam Night and it takes place at the Whiskey Go Go on Sunset every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And if you live in LA, go on down there because it's free. You can get in for free. If you can't get in because the lines are really long, then you can watch it right here on Zena TV. And next week, the Ultimate Jam is going to be, wait, let me get this right. It's going to be that the theme is going to be I'm with the band. So all the great musicians that are in the house band and all the jam fam that play along with them, everyone who sits in, are going to be playing songs from the bands they played with in arenas and stadiums out in the world. They're going to play those songs they next made, Tuesday they made night. Famous. They made them famous. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So um, it's going to be a great night. I, I, I love rock jams. I was rock girl back in New York back in the day. I love the ultimate jam night at the Whiskey, Tuesday night, 8 p.m., and right here on Zina TV. So check it out. Okay, so now we're back with Larry Hankin. So, Larry, uh, before we get to, like, how you started, give us the Friends story. I want the Friends story. Oh, well, uh, the, the, the Friends thing, uh, okay, so I did Friends. I did uh, four. I did, uh, I did five. So on the fourth one, uh, they said... Uh, Okay, we're having you back for the for the fifth one. Uh, my my agent called me and he said, "Hey, you know, if you do six, you're not uh, just uh, coming back. You're you're a um, a recurring." Ooh, nice. Exactly. You have to get to six. You have to get to six. You have to okay. get to six, and then you are automatically recurring, and you get a huge salary bump, bump. in Ooh. salary. Ooh. So I was already paving my driveway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was, uh, and I didn't even have a house. I was just like paving a driveway. I was getting a house. I, this is all cool. So I went to the uh, the, the the 
fourth one, mm-hmm. and I see they're building a set. Uh, so that one guy comes over to me, one of the writers, and I said, "Well, what's this? What's this set? It's off on the side." He says, "That's your, your apartment." apartment. Wow! Right. So. I got, I got a problem. He said, yes, I figured recurring, <laughs> regular. Okay. So, uh, and I looked at it. It was, you know, another another apartment. And uh, so I said, okay, fine. I did the show and I go home and I uh, get a call for the fifth show. And uh, my agent said, okay, so they want you uh, back for the, you got, a, you got a fifth show. And I go, oh, yeah. And he says, well, it's just good news and bad news. I say, what's the good news? Is the good news you got the you got a fifth show? I said, what's the bad news? The bad news is you die. Die? No. <laughs> what? Yeah, and and Aww. you have see, I'm I'm kind of naive. I I really, if I think I'm going to get a house, yeah. I build it. Yeah. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. No, yeah. yes, I, exactly. I, but I so, totally get that, like projecting the whole th- like fifty years how it's going to. Okay, but you never did this. <laughs> so I go to the show, you know, and, and you begged and, for your life. Uh, so and I didn't know this. So I'm all like pumped. I'm. I said, I'm gonna give my piece of my mind. That, that's that's not fair. So I I go there. Now I didn't know that this show was the first of the season. Mm-hmm. This fifth show that I was gonna do it was the first of the season. So everybody who was either gonna be in the show for that season or was in last season's show or who's yeah. Uh, uh, around the building who wants okay. a party so it's breakfast you know and they got champagne and locks and bagels mm-hmm. and a groaning one it's just big deal and everybody's standing around as i crowd about a hundred people in this room and everybody's got drinks in their hand and they're talking like a cocktail party you know three cup couples and and i i see the three producers standing together all uh, alone talking to one another and i just walk up to him and i go what the hell did you do and i yelled it out as i didn't know and i just yelled it out and all of a sudden everything stops oh Boom, silence and they all turn around and they, and they go what what are you talking about you know they were glad to see me yeah you know? yeah well what do you thought i said you killed me you killed the character <laughs> what what the hell is wrong and they just very calmly said Maybe we should talk about this later, Larry. Wow. You know? And I suddenly realized, holy cow, what like did I all just... These people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where, are these, where did they come from? <laughs> and so I just kind of... Fade, I said, okay, you know, fine. And I just went over to a, a small table with, you know, just a small amount of locks and bagels and champagne, <laughs> all by myself. And just one, one kid, I, I don't know, another actor came over and says, cool, man. But nobody for then... Or for the rest of the show, for that week of filming, would come near me. Oh, what? I was, yeah. I, the fifth show, I, nobody would talk to me. Oh, if I went over to the craft services table, everybody would leave, oh, and they wouldn't come back oh, until I was they finished. they Crazy Larry. Yeah, yeah, well, it was Crazy Larry. No, I... I'm you crazy. Everyone, got, a really you know. interesting story. Well, no, but that, uh, yeah. but that, 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 I could see. Wow, that's intense. So you no. didn't. So the driveway never happened. No, the driveway no, never happened. Driveway. But I mean, that was that was kind of naive to the ultimate of, right. of me. Come on, man. Come on, Larry. What, all know, right, all right. Up. So, so let's talk about naive Larry while we're there. So, okay. you, so you're a little kid. Where'd you grow up? Far Rockaway, Long Island. I okay. went to uh, yeah. PS 106 Public School. I mm-hmm. went to Far Rockaway High. Mm-hmm. And I graduated, and I went to 
Syracuse University. Which was a great, a great school for drama. Did you study drama? No, I, I, I studied um, industrial design because mm -hmm. my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. So, uh, you know. So, I, so you want a doctor or a lawyer, so you studied well, industrial closest, design? That was the closest thing the I got. body. A, well, no, I, 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 they wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I got a, um, a scholarship to Syracuse. That's nice. And they didn't have any doctors or lawyers. So, okay, you know, something that you can support yourself with. Okay. Industrial design, because I, I painted. Uh -huh. So I figured, okay, but it's all math and engineering, and, uh, you know, I didn't really like it. So I got kicked out about twice, but the, the, the stupid part was I kept on going back in. You know, I, I, they kicked me out, and I begged to get back in. No, my parents would be really pissed. You can't. You can't. And then when I finally got out and I got into show business years later, all my heroes dropped out of college. And I thought, oh, damn it. I kept on begging to get in. I should have kept going. Okay, so, but anyway. So know. wait, so how did the showbiz thing happen? Well, um, when I graduated, uh, I, I graduated with Carl Gottlieb, who wrote uh, Jaws, you know, so we were like buddies. So we became roommates in Greenwich Village, and he became a writer immediately. Mm -hmm. He was uh, writing, uh, he was uh, reviewing movies for a very small local paper, along with all the big papers. It was the, the uh, they, they all was review together, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I was starving, I was uh, swabbing bar duckboards uh, <laughs> at night uh, they would lock me in at two in the morning oh, yeah, and yeah. then the chef would come in at six and lo and let me out oh my gosh so no it was great because i would steal food <laughs> i would you know slab a, slab a bacon here slab a bacon back here wear a raincoat and uh they had pockets in here nothing bulgy and uh, I would just sidle out when You're he would open the door. You're teaching people how to, how to yeah, shoplift. how to live. As if we don't how, know how to, how to be an actor. Okay. So <laughs> in Greenwich Village. So uh, the, the guy would come in. I would always wait by the door with my raincoat on, mm -hmm. right by the door, and he would just open it to come in, and I would just get out. So I worked there for two weeks, and then I thought, mm, they're going to start noticing. The slabs the, of bacon. The, bacon, the, bacon the, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> so I figured I better quit. And then I got one other job for three hours. It was really cool. You know, uh, 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 lipstick, you know, name of Revlon. Okay, mm -hmm. so Revlon at that point was sending out in magazines, you know, these little fallout cards mm -hmm. in magazines, little inserts. So they had these inserts. And what you do is you check. They had five colors. And if you're a woman, mm -hmm. you would check which color is your favorite. And then you okay. would send it in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, they said, you know, needed somebody to count cards. So I go to this little walk-up place and cards, there's a room uh, half the size of this, half the size of this, a little small closet, and it's filled with these cards. There's a table like this and they're stacked like this, like this, like this, and there's a chair and I just had a pencil and a paper and I just counted the color, you know. That's 140 a reds, 140 purples, and I only could do it for three hours. Who was purple lipstick? Just, just look right, at the so card. So, all right, so, da, 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 uh, okay, as so boring as that job was, I want to hear the no, fun wait, story. Uh, well, right, here, no, here's the fun. Okay, here's the tell, fun of it. Tell us. So after three hours, yeah. I couldn't take it anymore. So I said, uh, uh, lunch, lunch break. After three hours, went lunch break and I never came back but uh, within two weeks I didn't get another job and I needed three hours worth of pay okay so I I got yeah, uh, from from the 
from the shrimp Carl would bring from the from the reviewing movies. They had shrimp for the, everybody. <laughs> so he would take a napkin, get some shrimp, put it in his suit pocket, and bring it home. And that was my dinner. And so I had dinner. I had 48 white napkins, and he had a suit that smelled like shrimp. <laughs> from this pocket and I had to pay for the dry cleaning uh, but uh, I so I took one of the napkins from the dry from the uh, shrimp and I made a uh, what do you call it a, a sling a sling an arm sling and I went back to the Revlon place <laughs> and they said what happened to you you went for lunch and you never came back where were you I said I got hit by a car oh. I couldn't come back I need the three you know the the ten bucks for the three hours I, Oh yeah, and they were because they were old ladies. They were little old ladies, and they were very. Oh, I was so sorry, and they, they paid me the ten bucks, and I and I left. Okay, I didn't get another job, so I figured, okay, I can do a Monday night, and that's how I got into show business. I just, I, I, I a Monday night, I'll do a Monday night of stand up. I was and just going to say stand up. Okay. So I got up and I did stand up, and I would tell my day, or I'd make up jokes that were awful. <laughs> they were they were awful, and but I, and this and to this day, I don't understand why I kept getting. Monday nights. I I was I was bad. I heard a recording of me. I, it was <laughs> terrible. But I didn't think so. I oh I can do better. That was what I kept thinking. I can do better. And then till finally I uh, got so better that uh, Woody Allen's manager uh, had me open for Woody. I was, so I was just at Jack Ro- Jack Rollins. Huh? Jack Rollins. And yes. I was just at Hillary's house last weekend. His daughter. Um, wow. Is, I, is he still alive? Jack just passed last year. Yeah, at like a hundred. Uh, he was a yeah. hundred. He's the the oldest guy in show business. Yes, and amazing. So, what did he cast you as? Uh, to open for Woody as oh. a stand-up. Wow. Yeah, so I I got good. Wow, you must have gotten really good. I got a good learning curve, but I tell you, I start real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I I got to I got to tell you that. Uh, I you saw know. Woody Allen on Broadway in Played Against Sam. Uh, oh, live wow. with, with cool. Diane Keaton. That was he, oh, it must have been incredible. Live, he was just well, you know, live. He's it, it's a whole different experience. Woody live. Um, yeah, he, he he was amazingly ridiculously funny. And then after that, I got a job uh, opening for Miles Davis because I was wow. really hip. Wow. And and I was doing pot humor. 60s, right, you know, early sixties, wow. and then I did an opening for uh, so that's uh, for the Kingston Trio, wow. the, the new Kingston Trio, and I oh was come out with a bottle. Somebody said you, you don't talk dirty or don't talk about marijuana. So people, this guy came at me with a bottle, and I got off the stage and I called up Jack and I said, Jack, I'm a middle class Jewish kid. I can't take this, you know. Was so Jack got, your manager? Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. We have to come back, and you're going to tell us. Uh, you're going to tell us the rest of the story, and then we're going to get to how you've how you've managed to persevere for 50 years in show business because that's an extraordinary. I just keep feat. on thinking I'll be better next time. That I, that's all. I, I like that takeaway. Okay, we'll be right back with Larry King. I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God. Oh yes. 
she just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out in, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was going to be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Jason Stewart here for Zinna TV on the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason, he's absolutely gay, he'll absolutely brighten So we're back with Larry Hankin, and I have like 15 more questions. So I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to like make you tell them really fast. Okay. Okay. So you went from stand-up to acting how? Um, uh, I had another gig uh, with uh, The Love and Spoonful. I was opening mm. for The Love and Spoonful, and they had a gig in uh, George Washington University and uh, down south. Forget about that. Talk okay. About no, you. no. So, so what happened was I started to tell my thing. You know, I was doing, in this early 60s, I was doing pot humor. I was saying shit and piss and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, about God and religion. And when I started talking about God, I was doing really great. They were laughing. I was rolling. I was falling. And I said, okay, now we're going to talk about God. And they didn't want to hear it. And they go, no, boo, boo. And they started to boo. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do something else. I did something else. And when I got a really big laugh, I said, okay, but now I'm going to talk about God. <laughs> and I started to talk about God. And they pulled the wooden uh, armrest from this old auditorium, pulled the wooden armrest off, and they were throwing oh, it at the stage. God. And police came. Somebody already called the police the first time I mentioned God and, and cursed. So the police came. They started coming in up on the stage and 11 spoonful of laughing backstage they think it was very funny and they just pulled me off the stage they just took me off the stage uh and okay, then wait, we only have like three minutes i need to how did you become an actor okay so the, okay so so now. then um i went uh so we went back to the northwestern university and there was the dean waiting for us he said <laughs> this guy's not going on <laughs> and i called up jack and i said look this is ridiculous. That, that's when i joined second city and from second city ah. i went uh, we we broke off and became the committee in San Francisco the and the was rivals. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then from there, we just, uh, Penny Marshall came up to San Francisco and said, and called me. I didn't know her, mm -hmm. uh, but her representative and said, Penny wants, to, wants you to be in Laverne and Shirley. She <gasps> wants you to oh. do a part. So I went down there and that's how I got an, an agent. 
and, and so I became an actor. But I didn't. I never wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I still want to be a stand-up comedian. I love that. Uh, and but, I, so okay, that's and so from there, from from Laverne and Shirley, we love Gary. Gary did women. Oh, he's right. great. We love Gary. Man. From there, you. How did you end up working with Clint? How'd you get Escape from Alcatraz? That's a heavy movie you did right there. Okay. And you had a sizable. Yeah. Piece okay. Of that. So I, I I did that. I did uh, Laverne and Shirley, and. Uh, and then about two weeks or three weeks later, I got a call from an agent who said, hey, uh, I just saw, uh, I just went down to the Bird and Shirley show. Mm -hmm. They said you were really funny, a tall guy. Do you have an, ma an agent? No. C come in. Let's talk. Came in. He said, do you have a manager, an uh, agent? I said, no. He said, you want one? I said, yeah. He said, how about me? I said, yeah. <laughs> Boom. I went home. A week later, he calls me. He says, hey, Clint Eastwood's office just called. There's a job for you, maybe, uh, in uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Go down right now. So no sides, no nothing. Uh, I go to Paramount, and uh, or Warner Brothers. I, don't know, I think it's Warner Brothers. And Mal Paso, and I uh, are sitting in the room. And there's nobody there. It's like I thought, oh, somebody got fired. This is like an immediate thing. You know, go down right away. Yeah. Somebody got fired. So I'm sitting in the room all alone. I have no sides, no nothing. I don't know anything. And then uh, the... the uh, secretary is ignoring me so i said is there anything going on here am i supposed to be here and she said what are you here for and i said escape from alcatraz do you have a part no do you have a side no so she gave me the script so i'm sitting there with a script I'm like i can't read a script right now i don't know what part i'm reading for and a lady go, opens the door and says you ready and i go sure you know i think <laughs> i'm gonna blow this off you know and that's how i i think i maintain keep on going yeah it's sure yeah i'll blow it off i don't care i mean you know I, that's the attitude i would take so i said sure fine i put the script down i go in and he says what part do you want to do and i go i don't i don't know <laughs> and it's don siegel and a very heavy duty uh cast woman i mean she was really big well it's clint eastwood movie, yeah yeah you know? yeah so they start to talk in front of me like i'm not going to well, I don't know. You know, he's got a, he, it's either the guard or, or butts or shiny butts. <laughs> and he's going, well, and he looks at me and he goes, you know, the guard has to beat up Clint. I don't think he can beat up Clint. <laughs> um, what do you think? And she says, well, I don't know about Charlie Butts. And he says, you want to do uh, Charlie Butts or the guard? So I said, just from what I heard, Charlie I'll do butts Charlie Butts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do the Charlie Butts. So he said, uh, okay. Uh, and he turns a page. He's got the script. He says, "You want to have some time?" I said, "No." Yeah, I'm, this is ridiculous. So I was saying, "No, let's get out of here. Kick me out, and let's get on with my day." So <laughs> he he he, re he says, "I'll read with you." You know. So we read a page. I think it's a page and a half. We read a page and a half. He goes, "Okay, fine. Uh, you're Charlie Butts." I go, "What?" Because they never tell you right, right there. Right, they, right, you know. right, right. So he says, uh, okay, you got the job. So I, I go, what do you mean? And he goes, you, you, you got the job. And I go, okay. He says, well, you don't believe me. And I go, no. He said, I'll tell you what. Go home. Sit by the phone. See what happens. <laughs> I said, okay. And he kept on. Talking to me the whole shoot, three months, like that. Wow. Because of how na naive I was. <laughs> I so love that. So I went home, and as soon as I walked in the door, I said, you got it. My, my agent. <laughs> I said, cool. So they shaved off my head, you know, because I was a hippie. I go there, 
And uh, can I? Do you have time for one more Alcatraz? Brad, we only have two minutes for the whole Forget show. It. All right, I, w- I want to hear the story. We're going to have to have you back, so because we, we have great stories. Oh, I got what, great. But I want to know for the last two minutes yeah. what, what everybody out there wants to know. Yeah. You have a career that spans fifty years. Yeah. You didn't really have training. No. You had on-the-job training. Right. Imagination. Yeah. You just. You had imagination. And also, I, I think you're right. I think the fact that you're willing to say, I don't care, and no, just no, uh, jump. Well, it, it goes beyond that. Here's it, where okay, the core of where it came, comes uh, from. Tell us. I never wanted to be an actor. Okay. And it never was in my mind. Even when I was a stand-up, I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to be stand-up. Okay. So every time I got a job, it was cool. I'm not doing any stand-up now. I don't have any gigs. So I would do it like... I don't want to be this. So, in other words, I was never invested in not ah. getting the job. I was never invested. Enough to be nervous. Uh, no, I, I was nervous once I got there, but if I didn't get it, who right. cares, man? Okay, so I got, I'll go back to my stand-up. I, okay, you know. so now. So, here we are now. Auditions are an interruption of my day. <laughs> That's what gets me through. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> Auditions hard so, because he was more or less annoyed at the whole know, thing, that he had right. to actually yeah. be there, and that so, was... That was so, interesting. Okay, so what? So now here you are, wh- wh- and you're doing your own thing. You're making films, right? Yeah, Emmett, your character. What, what? What do you want to do here with what you've got? With make the my film, make my features. Ah. Uh, Woody Allen, uh, Louis C.K., Charlie Chaplin, all, all those guys. Who, These are your you know, heroes. Funny guys who make their own movies. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I got a script. If anybody wants. <laughs> okay. And so we, we didn't even get to touch on the fact that there was a bump where you were actually, you were homeless. What, at what point oh, in your yeah. career did that happen? Uh, uh, well, in, the, in the committee, is that uh, it? We don't even have time for the story. But, so it was, when, it was before you became like an actor. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. it was after Laverne and Shirley, but But I, yeah, I but before back. the Friends and right, the, yeah, oh, all yeah, of that yeah. kind of great oh, stuff yeah. happened. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't know about you, Louise. I don't know about you guys over there, Brandon I think he may Jake, be the most interesting man y- in the world. That was like those those were that was some <laughs> great <laughs> storytelling and we want more, so we're gonna have you back. Thank you great. so much for doing this, no, Larry. Thank you. Um next thank week you. I'm gonna be in New York. So we won't be live on Zinno, we'll be live on Facebook for the next two weeks, and then we'll be back here on the sixth with Lori Lieberman who wrote Killing Me Softly. <gasps> thank you so much for being with us. Um we'll see you next time on the road taken. That was great, Larry. That was awesome. Real-